It's no secret, our nation is deeply divided, probably more than ever before, at least in my lifetime. And we've heard calls from both sides of the aisle that we need to be united. But I wonder, what exactly does that mean? And what does that cost us to be united with people that we vehemently disagree with? Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Planning Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are a group of like-minded ladies here in the state of Washington. We are working hard to advance the conservative movement here in a very deep blue state by electing conservative candidates, by educating and empowering Washington state citizens to stand up and speak up about things that really matter in an effort to make positive change and save our state from the radical left policies that we are seeing destroy the state that is so beautiful that we love so much and it is definitely proving to be a challenge, but we will never give up. You can learn more about Conservative Ladies of Washington, the issues that we care most about and how you can get involved at our website, conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservativeladiesofwa.com. And if you don't live in Washington, I've got great news. We will be expanding to a national platform later this fall, Conservative Ladies of America. So stay tuned for more details on that in the very near future. Well, today I want to talk about this idea of unity in America. We hear it from President Biden when he did his inauguration speech. He vowed that he was going to be the uniter in chief. He was going to bring all Americans together, regardless of political party or affiliation. Um, and we have seen that he has done the exact opposite of that. You probably remember that he told uh, the unvaccinated that we were the cause of the COVID pandemic and all of the problems and the extension of the pandemic. He blamed it on us and he talked about the dark winter that we were going to have last winter because of the unvaccinated. And lately and recently, uh, this week, in fact, he did a speech where he talked about the MAGA Republicans who want to destroy our democracy. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They embrace, embrace political violence. They don't believe in democracy. This is why in this moment, those of you who love this country, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. This is not uniting. In fact, this is very dangerous rhetoric. There are millions, at least half of the country, who consider them America first Republicans. How many people voted for Trump? Well, we don't really know the exact number, but we know that it is at least half of the country. And this man is alienating and vilifying MAGA Republicans who he's saying we are intent on destroying this country. That is dangerous. And you have to look at this and wonder, how did we get here? 
We have had these calls for decades. People have always said, we need to unite. We need to get along. People in the Republican Party tell other, you know, tell the conservatives, you know, you've got mainstream Republicans, conservative Republicans, establishment Republicans, real Republicans. You've got the far right wing extremists. And you've got the Republicans saying, we all you need, we all need to unite. We all need to get behind such and such candidate. We all need to be on the same team. And people have felt guilty because, oh, is that is are they talking to me? Am I the one that's responsible for this division? Do I need to get on board with whatever they're saying is the thing to get on board with? And I'm not doing it. And so I'm the one that's to blame. I'm the cause for this division. And so people go along to get along and they're sacrificing their values. They're sacrificing what they believe. And over time, that sacrifice and people just wanting to go along to get along has cost us dearly and has gotten us to where we are. People are afraid to be vilified. And this example by Joe Biden is like uh, vilification on steroids. But we see this even at our local levels of you have to abandon your own values and principles in order to get along with the rest of the people. You have to abandon your values, what's important to you in the name of unity. And so people have like sat in the corner quietly. This is another instance of the silent majority. We've just been silent or we don't, you know, we don't want to make waves. We don't want to cause problems. And if they're saying we have to unify, then I'm just going to do what you say. That's not unity. There is a huge cost to unity. And what we're seeing here with the current regime is they are trying to control the people by this call to unity. And if you don't agree with whatever it is they say, whether it is, you know, that there are, you know, how many, you know, 50 some genders, if you don't agree with that, if you say, no, there's only two, there's man and woman, well, there you are being divisive. Can't you just get along? Can't you just unify? Why do you got to be like that? If you don't agree that abortion is health care, if you believe that an unborn baby has a right to life, oh, there you go again, being divisive. If you don't want to pay for your neighbor's student loan debt, if you don't believe in student loan, quote, forgiveness, oh, there you go again, being divisive. If you challenge the 2020 election, there you go again, being divisive. Even the Republican Party doesn't want to hear people talking about election integrity. Even the Republican Party doesn't want to hear you talking about Donald Trump. Even the Republican Party wants you to talk about marriage equality and being moderate about abortion and being moderate about the LGBTQ plus minus divided sign. It is this whole idea of groupthink. And if you don't go along with the groupthink, if you are a critical independent thinker, and you're not just buying whatever the narrative of the day is, then you are the problem. You are the divisive one. You are the one that doesn't want unity. There is a huge cost to that. I want to play you, in case you haven't heard this yet, it's been making the rounds for days, but the governor who was not elected but appointed in, gov in uh, New York, Kathy Hochul, she basically told Republicans in New York City to GTFO and go to Florida. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, you don't represent our values. 
You are not New Yorkers. I find this completely unbelievable. And it wasn't that long ago when this kind of rhetoric would have been completely unacceptable by a state governor, by a elected leader of, you know, Congress or the Senate. This is just talk that nobody on either side would agree with. But listen to her. She's being cheered. People want the Republicans gone. They want this I believe they want this kind of a national divorce. And I think that it's possible that they're going to get it because people are going to hear that message in New York and they are going to get out and they are going to go to Florida and they're going to say, you know what, I don't want your policies anyway. I don't want to have to buy into this garbage that you're selling. I in New York also uh, today, there was a a video of the um, utility trucks around Times Square that had the messages about concealed carry permits. If you are a concealed carry permit holder, that you cannot conceal carry in Times Square and that you will be arrested if you are caught carrying in Times Square. Do you see where this is going? This is what's happening in blue cities. They are disarming law-abiding citizens who are legally concealed carrying, who are legally practicing the Second Amendment. And instead, they are not holding criminals accountable. We've got skyrocketing rates of gun violence in these deep blue cities. And who's going to fight back? Who's going to fight this law? You have to have somebody that's willing to do the work to fight this unconstitutional practices and policies that are going on in these blue cities. And I don't know if we have the bandwidth or if we have people that are willing to stand up for it and fight the fight the big fight that's going to take to overturn these crazy garbage policies. And I notice that people are tired and people are apathetic and people don't want to be the cause of division. If you look around at just your average citizen who's maybe a mom or a dad and they have their job or they own a business and they've got their kids and they go to church and they just want to live their American life. They want to live in peace. They want to take their vacations. They want to go to the football game on Saturday. They don't want to be dealing with what's going on in our culture and our country right now. And I get it. But I also say if we keep just going about life and sort of turning a blind eye to the things that are going on, it's going to hit us in the face and it's going to come quickly. I get how difficult it is to see the reality of what is going on and to fight back. And it feels like a losing battle. And I don't know how to light a fire under people. I don't know how to wake people up. It seems like it's a very small number of people who really see what's going on and are willing to jump in the fray and stand up for what they value. It's it's a lot easier to just sit quietly and not be the divider, not let people call you a divider. And, you know, especially in your local community, like who wants to be that mom that is at the school board talking about the gender expansive policies that the school district is setting up. No one really wants to be that person. Okay, except me, I'll be that person. But it's uncomfortable to be that person. Like I've never really had mom friends in my community. I've always been the person that the teachers and the staff talk about in the staff meetings. And for me, I'm okay with that. But I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. And I get it. And I'm, I'm not calling that, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. 
that is typical human behavior is that's uncomfortable, especially when you have, you know, you want your kids to be accepted and, and not be made fun of. And it's hard enough for kids these days to be accepted for just being a normal kid. Um, and, you know, they've got so many other issues to deal with that we didn't have to deal with in our day. And so I get it. I realize how important it is to hold on to this idea of normalcy. But I want to encourage you as we hear all of this talk about division and being united, this is going to get worse. And, you know, we've got the midterm elections coming up in November, and then the focus will turn to 2024. And there's going to be a lot of stuff involving Trump and the FBI raid. And there's going to be a lot of stuff with, I think, monkeypox is kind of the next thing. And there's always a distraction. There's always something to divide people. And I just want to encourage you to, especially if you are a person of faith, if you are a Christian, get into your Bible and read what Jesus says. Being a Christian, being a Jesus follower does not mean going along to get along. Jesus called out sin and we as Christians are supposed to do the same thing. We cannot just accept the world's views as our views. And we must be willing to be persecuted for our faith and persecuted for our views. It's not going to get easier. And so I encourage you to get into your Bible and have a strong group of a a strong circle of friends that you can lean on for support, that you can link arms with for these days ahead because we need to have a community where we feel loved and supported and connected because that will be critical for us to survive what is coming ahead and I think we are in for like if you think this feels divided I think it's going to get much worse and I don't say this to be discouraging or to scare you I just say this to wake you up so that you're not surprised and so that you can be prepared by linking arms with other people who are like-minded and have similar values to you and by getting close to Jesus and reading your Bible and really having that firm foundation of faith. That is going to be critical for us in going forward. I mentioned a few minutes ago about that I think the next crisis is going to be monkeypox. And today the White House came out with a the White House monkeypox response team announced new plans to support large LGBTQI plus events and equity interventions to reach communities at highest risk at highest risk of contracting the virus. Now, here in Washington state, our governor has already talked about the emergency of monkeypox, as has King County, which is the Seattle area, and the financial resources and Department of Health resources that will be directed at this. Now, we know that monkeypox is primarily spread through gay sex. I want you to pay close attention to the fact that political leaders, the health authorities, they're not saying anything about shutting down these LGBTQ events like they did with COVID. We all had to stay in our house. We had to stop working. We had to stop going to school. We had to stop going to church. We had to stop everything. Well, we don't see that with monkeypox. 
when we know exactly where it spread. We know that these events are likely a huge cause of the spread of this, especially since, you know, summertime is the time when they have these gay pride events. And we're seeing these drag queen events and this, you know, drag queen shows that are going on in countries or in cities all over the country, including cities in what we would think are red states. So if you think just because you're in, say, Texas, that you are safe from this kind of activity, these behaviors. You are not. This is happening in red states. It is specifically happening in Texas. So we need to be on alert regardless of what city you live in. And if you're in a red state, especially I would say if you're in a red state, you need to be playing defense right now and you need to be paying attention and you need to be speaking up. But what we're seeing is that rather than shutting these events down, they are, by having a response team that's going to reach out to these communities and have a presence at these events, they're almost in, like, I see that as encouragement. So I'm going to read you a little bit of this announcement. Today, the White House National Monkeypox response team announced new actions the Biden-Harris administration is taking to combat the monkeypox virus outbreak and protect individuals most at risk of contracting the virus. The administration is providing additional vaccines and support to states and cities holding events that convene large groups of LGBTQI plus individuals specifically gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men. The White House has also announced a new pilot to surge vaccine availability and other prevention resources to communities of color in light of recent CDC data, showing the disproportionate reach of the virus among Black and Latino, gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men. The White House announces plans to provide additional vaccine and support to Louisiana, Georgia, and California in advance of events attracting large numbers of LGBTQI plus individuals. So it's very clear how this virus is spread. And we're even seeing here in Seattle, Seattle Children's Hospital announced that they had their first child case of monkeypox. And we know that this is spread through gay and bisexual sex. And we have a child with the virus. That is extremely concerning to me. And when I see these news stories come out, I always read them and there's really very little information. They don't disclose much about the case or how it was contracted. But considering we know that it is primarily spread through gay sex, we have to wonder about these children who are contracting the the disease, what's involved with that, what kind of environment that they're living in, and where are the Child Protective Service people? I think we all know the answer to that question, kind of a rhetorical question, really. But we are seeing that we are living in a society that promotes this immoral behavior. We are living in a society that does not value human life. We are living in a society that does not value children. We are living in a society where they hate us. The elite class, they hate us. They hate Christians. They hate conservatives. They hate our values. They hate what we stand for. It's almost like, um, I'm trying to think of that move. There's, you know, lots of movies where, you know, you've got the, um, you know, the, the light shining on the, the evil demon and the demon can't handle the light and, you know, starts screaming and, and, you know, freaking out. 
And that's kind of how it is, you know, I think of if you are a, a Christian and you believe in, you know, the the spiritual battle that we've got going on here, Christians are salt and light and the darkness, the evil is is dark, right? And so you've got these this evil, very evil presence in our world that cannot stand the salt and light that Christians bring into this world, especially the strong Christians who are not willing to back down. And so I say that as encouragement to you, because if they are coming hard against us, that is a sign that we are over the target and that we are doing the right thing. And this is something I really feel like this whole monkeypox thing is going to be the next big crisis. I don't know yet what they're going to do with it, but I think they are going in a similar direction of COVID and using this, you know, no good crisis goes to waste. So I know that they're planning to use this in some way against Republicans, against conservatives, against anyone that doesn't agree with them. And as we're sitting here in an election year, just a couple months out from election, I think that this is not surprising and we should be on guard and on alert for whatever could potentially be coming our way. I'm going to leave it there for today. I would love for you to rate and share the podcast. And if you've got a topic idea for an upcoming episode, I would love to hear from you. All of my contact info is in the notes. And I look forward to chatting with you again next time. 